Welcome back to the Keen and Late Podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now with the mention of whiskey in its title. Hey, this is Jake coming live from Chicago, Illinois, solo today. Well, I do have my dog with me, crawling underneath my desk right now, but other than that case, I'll be the only one in the mic today. And today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. I wanted to start sharing what it's like to being a brand ambassador on the road, who someone who travels for work, takes their business to other states other than just their home market, and introduces a whiskey to people in both the on and the off premise. Even though I'm not coming live from a hotel room in maybe New Orleans, Denver, Colorado, Austin, Texas, Miami, Florida, or wherever else my travels might take me. I did I did just finish about three weeks back to back to back. That's a three P right there. Travels of the road for my job as a Star Award whiskey ambassador. Um, if you're just tuning in the podcast the first time, or maybe you haven't heard my full story about what I do in the whiskey industry or where I, my, the point of view that I come from with this whiskey podcast, I am a brand ambassador, as I said, for Star Wars Whiskey. Star Wars is an Australian single malt distillery out of Melbourne, Australia. I've been working for the brand for about three and a half years. It's been a privilege and opportunity to share the story of Star Wars, share the story of Dave Vitale, who is the founder of the brand, and his message to spread single malt Australian whiskey from his footsteps of Melbourne at their distillery right in Port Melbourne, or I should say our distillery in Port Melbourne, but a mile and a half south of downtown and situated almost right on the ocean where you can have that salty, salty breeze from the Indian Ocean coming up and touching the shores of Melbourne. Um, but no, it seriously has been a privilege and opportunity over the last three and a half years. And I wanted to a little bit share about the insights and perspective I have as a brand ambassador, and especially as someone who travels for work and sharing the good word, which is whiskey. And travel has been very important to me in my life ever since I basically had enough money, had some resources, had a little ambition to travel. Um, in my late uh, teens, early 20s, I essentially hit the ground running. Um, from the time I was about a junior in college is when I started to take take the road very seriously and not just live my life through characters and authors of books that were published and that I read. And I tra- kind of basically traveled through my teenage years and as through my adolescence, through these characters and through these stories. And I wanted to take it upon myself and create my own adventures um, from on the road. So when I was about 20, 21 years old, um, I had that bug of travel really hit me and it hit me hard and I took it with great responsibility and great purpose to find something that I didn't have. I was a kid growing up in Des Moines, Iowa and I felt like there was a whole world to explore out there and many people around me didn't take the opportunities, um, didn't take I guess the chance to get outside of their comfort zone and explore. But for me, I knew there was always something beyond what I called the golden abyss, which was my metaphor (laughs) for Des Moines, uh, for Iowa in general, with all this corn surrounding us and its yellow wrappers. It basically consumed people, I felt like. It put people into an easy trance of making a mundane life, making a comfortable life that wasn't much didn't provide much purpose in my opinion um maybe it did in their own eyes for people who stayed there started families got married and by the time they're 30 years old you got a mortgage two kids and you know all that good stuff that comes along with it and you almost feel like you're stuck or glued to those responsibilities and never get to find life for yourself and explore the opportunities that you you always wanted to and for me um 
as I said, I got some money. I had the opportunity to start traveling. And there I went the day after I graduated college, I had a burrito with one of my best friends, went skateboarding, jumped in my car and moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico and worked in an art gallery. And I started visiting friends from all across the country as friends from college, friends from high school, started moving to other parts of the country. I just thought, why not go to explore? And I was fortunate enough to get a job uh, as I was working as art gallery, got this event planning job on the side and started traveling all across the country. Um, for work and a lot of that yeah was the responsibility towards work but it was also giving me the, the privilege and opportunity to see every big city across america and talk to people from each one of those cities and have conversations with people not um not on a materialistic level but more on an introspective level and getting to know people from la getting to know people from san francisco getting to know people from maryland getting to know people from all parts and all all wonders of life you know rich poor um, struggling artists, anybody who is hustling and all these various aspects in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, um, just to kind of stay afloat. It was interesting and I loved it. It was a great responsibility that I felt to kind of have these adventures and have these conversations because I knew so many people that were just sitting at home idly and not enjoying their lives. Um, I almost felt like I had to do it for them in a sense. And also I wanted to do it for myself. I was writing, I write about travel a lot and what it means to me, but um, looking back on my 20s and traveling across the country, traveling across the world for both pleasure and for work, um, came with a lot of life questions about, was I traveling for fun? Was I traveling to honor the heroes that I had read about, the heroes that I worshipped through novels and through uh, articles and through paintings and all that, all of that artistic, uh, I guess, um, essence, if you will. And in my early twenties, in my late twenties, I started writing a lot about my past and what about what I was experiencing in my twenties. And a lot of it I felt like was just abandonment, abandoning myself, running away from responsibility. So I wrote, I was a lone wolf, pulling myself out of the lake, leaving empty trails of wet footsteps through the wet sand. I wandered through the crowded city, isolated from life, absent from love. Through my 20s, I traveled across the country for my job. I took every opportunity to stay on the road. No one, nor one thing, held me back from avoiding the mundane interactions of life. Ironically, though, I was barely experiencing life because I was spending it alone. I idolized the Alexander Supertramps, the Steinbecks of the world. I compared my travels to their adventures. Ultimately, I never felt I was accomplishing enough or experiencing the world from the way my heroes did. By foolishly comparing my life to theirs, I didn't learn that my adventures, my travels, were, un were my unique captions, never to be equated with anyone else's. These unrealistic comparisons transformed into a thirst to live, uncompanioned, unaccompanied and unshackled from the traditional living i traveled to other cities states and countries to search but immaturely without a focus a life of unpredictability was easy to achieve but life felt empty during those solace moments of the, of the day when the wind was my only listener i eventually learned not as drastically but definitely as emotionally drained from christopher mccandless that life is meant to be shared with people we love 
now my 30s, my passion for whiskey has brought me purpose to hit the road and keep going and to keep running. Travel for me felt like an escape in my 20s, um, as you probably could tell from that passage right there. I wanted to keep moving to feel a sense of purpose because I thought that was cool. I thought that was idealistic to have momentum going, but I didn't have a momentum going in a certain direction, as you could tell. Without purpose, which is such a topic in this conversation of conversation on this podcast when it comes to making whiskey, but without purpose for anything in life, you have no direction. And I didn't have a direction. I just kept looking for that next great high, that next great adventure, that next great city to visit. But I didn't think about what I was actually doing until those quiet moments in the day when I'd be sitting at a coffee shop with no one to talk to, even though maybe I went for a cool hike. Maybe I went to an awesome bar the night before. But did I share it with anybody? Was there any memory that someone else could have could attach to of that night of that day of that hike of whatever maybe just a walk through New York City to be shared with and most times there wasn't it wasn't really until I met my wife that I found a constructive purpose to stay settled um, and whiskey has played, played a big part of that too for me I once I was in my late 20s before I met my wife. I was in Oregon just roaming around. I honestly was in a was in an airport. I think I was in Salt Lake City coming back to Chicago where I live and where I lived at the moment too back then. And I was like, I'm just going to go to Oregon and go hiking. That's the re- that's the lack of responsibility I had. I had no one no one to care for me back home. I had no no reason to leave my studio apartment or come back to my studio apartment other than just to check to make sure that my futon was still there, I guess, and maybe some of my clothes. And I wrote this once um, many years into my relationship with my wife, but here it goes. I never told you this, but the week before we met, I was wandering through Newport, Oregon, spry on a couple pints of Rogue, and I almost took a job working on a fishing boat. I was so lost back then, absent of love and separated from so many aspects that create a human. At the time, I had nothing for me back in Chicago, but a voice in my head told me to go home. The next week I met you, I fell in love. You gave me a reason to come back home. You provided me a life and an understanding that I deserved a life worth living and not running from. My teeth grind when I think about how much I love you. You're the reason why I'm alive. You're the reason why I, that I miss home. You're truly my everything. And that has a lot to do with my job currently as a brand ambassador who covers many different markets and struggles with now being on the road. I'm just trying to highlight the lack of responsibility I had for the first 10 years I was traveling to where I'm at now of the last five or six years of traveling. Really, I guess that the last like four years I've had four or five years I've had jobs where I was gone a lot and I've grown to miss home. I've grown to love being at home with my wife and my dog. And there is a purpose for coming back. There is a purpose for feeling sad when you're inside of a hotel room at 10 o'clock at night after working a 10, 12 hour day in the market because you have people who care about you back there. 
And I didn't have that for a very, very long time. I was irresponsible. I was, I'm sure, very immature <laughs> at times when I was traveling. But now I have much more of a perspective about being more grown up. I think about Fred Noe's book, Being Straight Up, when he talks about his life t- transforming from working in a, distil- in a distillery for Jim Beam, where his dad, Booker, put him in to start from the bottom up. And then after Booker retired, Fred took his his role, his spot of being that traveling ambassador, being that face of the distillery all across the country and all across the world eventually. And the road was a grind for him. Uh, he talks a lot about how long the days are, how how productive the days are, but then how emotionally taxing they can be, how physically taxing they can be. And you feel like you're almost on autopilot sometimes. And you're not being your straight up self. Excuse the pun. He says on that it's a bold story of the family first, the first, or excuse me, of the first family of bourbon. And a lot of the book has to do with about how that distillery from him and the couple previous generations before him was all about family being first too. And that's where my life has kind of ended up today where, gosh, I, I miss, I immediately when I go to the airport, I, I miss my wife. I miss my dog. I miss my home. And I kind of just want to get back to them. But at the same time, I have a responsibility and I love the distillery that I work for. I also find that my current job is, a connection between my family, the past that I've, I grew up with, and then also my love and passion for whiskey. I'm fortunate because my current job connects me to both of my grandfather's and my family's roots in America. On my mother's side, my grandfather was a hardworking, some may say callous, World War II veteran who ran a small business entire life, which was a family diner. Every cent his restaurant earned was for his family. He was a stoic man, a hero to an entire generation, and the man who taught me how to respect the drink like a gentleman. My father's dad is the most loyal, committed man that I ever have known. He didn't retire from Jim Beam Distillery until his mid-70s, and he'd still be working today if it was his choice. He's 93. My grandfather was my gateway into whiskey. From a young age, I visited the distillery. As I grew, I learned the depths that Beam and Bourbon are entrenched in American heritage. Today, I work for a whiskey distillery that is ran by an amazing family, family that isn't from the same blood, but family that's cut from the same cloth. The founder who started the distillery 15 years ago still holds the reins of that. And every night when I sit down and I think about my job and reflect on my day and I pour a glass of whiskey into my glass, the affection from both sides of my family are inside of that glass because it represents my heritage as an American and my passion for whiskey. I don't take that lightly, having the responsibility, having a grandfather, the responsibility of having a grandfather who worked in this industry helped reformat one of the most notorious distilleries in the world. And now carrying the torch and sharing the good word, which is Star Award whiskey. Yeah, it's not American. Yeah, it's not bourbon. But damn, the roots of it are settled right there, which Jim Beam is founded on family first love of whiskey 
representing where you're from as a distillery and putting it into that bottle. So someone who takes that bottle from a shelf of a retailer comes home, pours it into that glass, can find the passion each and every drop they have inside of their own glass as it trickles down their throat and it brings a little happiness into their life. I love that. It's so important for me. And it's all kind of encompasses around traveling because I'm on the road so much. And it's a very important thing for me. Traveling was the one thing I wanted to do with my life since I was a young kid. And I got to do it for fun. I got to do it for adventure. I got to do it because it was a part of one of my first jobs out of college. Just fell into this event planning job by luck. Through that, I started investigating breweries all over the country. This passion for craft beer that I developed while in college really took a full force while traveling across the country and getting experiencing all these breweries from the United States and trying some of the best ones and just falling in love with craft beer. Then whiskey came. I mentioned I had that relationship and that bond through my grandfather on my dad's side. Um, but whiskey wasn't a big thing for our generation back then, other than taking shots of Jack and Jameson for the most part. Uh, I'm talking about like the early 2000s, the mid-2000s, and then through some other friends who were older and whiskey drinkers, that that spark was ignited. That experience as a child, learning about the stories of Jim Beam, traveling through the distillery, going on the grounds and fishing on the pond sometimes with my grandfather it came to light with older friends that had a, had a thirst for whiskey. And over the last eight to 10 years, I started to ingrain myself into this industry, the spirits industry by working on the brewery side, drinking more whiskeys, falling in love with craft whiskeys from the Midwest, specifically here more in Illinois and Indiana, Michigan area, this tri-state area. And getting experiencing those and then i started working in, in this industry and then about three and a half years ago i met this australian gentleman <laughs> at a whiskey event him and i hit off and over a pint of goose island he offered me a job and i gladly accepted it because i could see that vigor inside of him that passion inside of him that didn't just resonate through his voice and through his love for star ward but it was inside the bottle as well he captured that passion and that intensity he had to make a great whiskey inside of his own and even though it wasn't an american whiskey even though it wasn't bourbon i could still relate that to what the founders of bourbon the new creators of bourbon are doing today in this with, with their american distilleries so here I am, traveling across, across the country to sell single malt Australian whiskey. This past week, I was in Denver, Colorado. Well, I guess I was in Colorado first to be uh, landed in Denver. Drove about an hour and a half up to Estes Park to visit the Great Stanley Hotel. I had a meeting at what is called the Vault at the Stanley Hotel, which is an amazing little whiskey shop in the basement of the of the main sh of the main house of the Stanley Hotel. If you are ever up in that area, please go visit McShan, who runs that operation, and get a tasting, buy some bottles, and have an amazing, 
one-off experience. Uh, it's just, essentially there's a vault uh, <laughs> um, of the Stanley Hotel, which is the infamous hotel of The Shining, also the infamous hotel of Dumb and Dumber. But uh, it's a great place to visit. I was there for a single barrel meeting for Star Wars. Ended up selling in a delicious single barrel that um, has been for sale too long and un purchased not purchased by anybody recently um well obviously not purchased by anybody because it's a single barrel there's only one of them but i thought that this barrel would go fast but unfortunately it did not but that's okay because it landed in some great hands of the the vault and of mcshan and hopefully all the visitors come by the all the whiskey visitors that or all the whiskey people who visit the stanley can purchase a bottle or if you'd like to go there and just fly to colorado buy a bottle of starward you should do that so yeah basically i woke up last uh tuesday morning probably around five o'clock hit the road at five thirty to the airport landed in denver around nine in the morning got my bag went over to the rental car to my good friends at hertz said hello jumped in my car drove an hour and a half up the mountains and before noon we sold 40 cases of whiskey and the next thing you know you're at lunch with your distributor rep and one of my other sales reps from chicago who also runs the market in color in denver with me or in colorado with me and we're having another meeting we're selling more whiskey and it's 4:30 in the afternoon we visited a few accounts sold in quite a bit of whiskey in the estes park area i go for a hike call it a night well kind of call it a night, call it an afternoon, let's say, go for a hike, sit in the mountains, breathe in that natural, beautiful air of Colorado, sit and almost meditate for a bit about being in this expansive part of the country and letting it talk to you, letting that nature overflow you with emotions, because that's what it does for me. I, I live in a big city. You're never, you never feel like you're alone. <laughs> But when you've hiked a couple miles, climb on top of a boulder, and you're sitting there overlooking the entire canyon, which is Estes Park, and the backdrop of the Rockies behind you, you feel small, you feel delicate, but you also feel simple. There's a simplicity of just being a human being sometimes, and sitting there, and letting the world talk to you. I think that's a lot what whiskey does too. You taste glass. Pour yourself a glass, you taste what's inside of it. There can be, let's hope, let's let's go with a glass that you enjoy. A pour of good whiskey. And there's a spice. There's an aroma maybe of rich caramel, tobacco. On the palate, you have vanilla. An essence of oak. Maybe a little cedar inside of there. And it finishes with these spicy tones of... A memory. It invokes that glass, that pour, that delicious whiskey invokes a feeling inside of you. Which can tap into a memory that's hopefully very positive and warming. And then you go back for a second glass, a second pour, a second taste. And the memory comes into full perspective. And you start to see what you're tasting in a way because it's so prominent inside. And that's what I love about whiskey. And that's what I love about the adventure of whiskey. If I can quote Jack London real quick. 
The function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. My time right now is very much dedicated to whiskey. You can be anything in this world, but you can't be everything. And there has to be focus and there has to be purpose. For me, it's getting up early in the morning, taking a flight, having a belly full of foolproof whiskey, cash strength whiskey before lunchtime, before you've had a calorie of food. And you do it because you love it. And I did it because the guy I met in that room, McShan, the vault at the Stanley, was a kindred spirit, a brother cut from the same cloth that right away we just hit it off. You could tell from the outside by the way we dressed, similar. By the way we spoke, similar. The tones and the love and appreciation, the romanticism we had for whiskey was right there, very present. And the days that preceded, going around to some retail accounts, going around to some bars, visiting places like the Green Russell, which is absolutely amazing, like the Nickel, Seven Grand, I mean, just all these great spots in Denver, and talking to people about whiskey that shared love, something that we have, that we can physically touch, cling, give a little cheers to right there. It's an amazing approach. It's a delicate responsibility that I do not take lightly. I may seem to be overhyping, overanalyzing what whiskey can be, what traveling is, but the components of my life that make me make up to something that I love. And I'm one of those rare people, I think, in life that gets to do something he loves. I can put my dedication, my life, my responsibility of my occupation for 40 hours. Well, you know, 50, 60 hours sometimes. into whiskey and whiskey i love the story of whiskey the folklore behind it the responsibility of the people to share that light to share that story of the people that came before you damn i don't know if there's anything more beautiful than that to be honest and then to me the future of whiskey its rich history the folklore it shares is why I'm passionate about the world of whiskey. Passion has transformed into an incredible opportunity. And as I'm finishing up this podcast here tonight, and I think about sitting in a taxi cab on the way to an airport where I'm going to be gone from my wife and my dog, the two things I love the most in this world, I still feel happiness. Because I have a purpose in front of me but I have a bigger purpose behind me back home in that condo in Chicago where I sit right now. My wife and I, we were united by whiskey when I asked her to marry me with a bottle of Jameson from the distillery down over there in Ireland saying, simply, will you marry me? She said yes, and we've traveled the world together. We've traveled across the country together, and we get to share a true passion for not just our native spirit of bourbon, but the native spirit of the world. That goddamn whiskey. I love all of you out there. I hope you're having a great week, a great start to your week, if that is here on a Monday morning, Sunday night as I'm recording. 
all the love, all the passion that you guys have out there. I know all these listeners of this whiskey world have a great passion for whiskey. We share that together. And one day, like I've had the great privilege to share a glass in person with some of the people we've met through this podcast. I hope we can all share a glass together because that would be very enriching. And that is the purpose of whiskey. I share a glass, a smile, a heartwarming touch of that clink glass to glass. 